Welcome to the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, paranormal romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Sam and Ashley. And then Sarah is also going to be a guest on today's episode. Hello! This week we'll be discussing the thrilling dark romance Haunting Adeline, book one of the cat and mouse duet by H.D. Carlton. We've opted to include a trigger warning for this episode. There is stalking, chasing, themes of physical and verbal abuse. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under 18. This show is not for children. All right, so haunting Adeline. I was saying Adeline, obviously that's wrong. So let's fix that in my brain right now. Adeline Riley is our female main character. Oh, before, wait, hold on. Before we get, um, continue onward, I did want to say that, um, there is also talk of, you know, child abuse and sexual abuse of children in this book. So, you know, if that's triggering for you, probably avoid this book and this episode. Sorry, Sam. That's a good call. That's a good call. Okay. So Adeline Riley is our female main character. She is an author. um, And she recently moved into her grandparents' old house, which has a fancy goddamn name. Uh, I don't know of any houses except for, like, fancy old mansions that have their own name. But it's Parsons Manor. Uh, she is the fourth generation in her family to live there and the beginning of the story really gets you started with all that spooky you get the gothic ghosty vibes and you really kind of get the mental images in your brain that this is going to be kind of a creepy story and a creepy place for her to live yeah and I think that like I was disappointed that it it gets less creepy as things go on, I feel like. Like, the creep uh-huh. factor, like, lessens. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I kind of wanted to keep that vibe throughout the entire book, but it kind of starts to fade pretty quickly. And apparently, legend has it that the house caught fire during construction and killed the construction workers, and they've haunted it for 80 years. So... Yeah, I mean, I would think that that would be enough to make a place on it. I would be fucking pissed if I died while I was on a construction site trying to do my job. So speaking of that, Sarah and I lived in a dorm together in college. That's how Sarah and I met. We were roommates. Oh my god, they were roommates. But anyway, uh, the dorm that we lived in, we were all told like when we moved in that two of the construction workers died while the dorm room was being built and that was like a whole thing that we were told do you remember that sarah i don't no i do not (laughs) (laughs) i know i got locked in the trash room one time and that was scary (laughs) and i'm sure it was trash where you belong (laughs) well uh, never mind Um, but when you think of Parsons Manor, it's like this creepy Victorian style house. So it has like crawling vines. There's like black wallpaper, peeling paint. Like the front porch is pretty much like caving in. 
And it's also located near a forest and a cliff that, like, you could pretty much just, like, walk the fuck off of in the dark, which that terrifies me. Yeah. They're in Maine, right? Is that where they are? They're either in Maine or Massachusetts, I think. So that's, like, where the cliff comes from, and it's it's definitely East Coast. Yeah, I mean, I always got East Coast vibes just based on, like, the age of the house and, um, like, the scenery and that stuff. I wasn't sure. If it's Maine, that's awesome. But, like, the amount of, like, scary things that the author packed into, like, one place. Like, you have an old Victorian gothic house. You have a dense, scary, dark forest. You also have a huge cliff that you'll fall off and die into the ocean. Like, how many dangerous, scary obstacles are we putting in one place? And her driveway is, like, a mile long. Like, she has no neighbors either. And she lives by herself. <laughs> like... <laughs> She really did set this up, like, perfectly for a fucking stalker. And all of the pictures in the hallway of, like, her ancestors. I remember there's just, like, one scene where she's like, it feels like they're watching me. Well, yeah, because that's, like, I think when she's hooking up with Grayson and they're, like, in the hallway. Uh, So in the beginning of our book, Adeline is doing our... We're just going to call her Addie from here on out because I'm never going to remember to say it correctly. Uh... Addie's doing a book signing, and a guy catches her eye from the back of the room. And the reason why he catches her eye is, one, he has, like, this big, dark, ominous presence. But then he also, like, he has a hood up, and he shows his face to her for a second, and he has this big scar running down the side of his face, and his eyes are two different colors because it seems like the whatever gave him a scar also damaged one of his eyes and he's a very unique looking guy and he seems very intense and it's very obvious from the outset that this guy is going to be a really important part of the story yes indeed then we're also introduced to do we say daya or daya i would say daya daya is addy's best friend um she i feel like falls a little into when when we had interviewed Grace and we were talking about the fact that Grace doesn't include a lot of female best friends uh, in her stories because she feels like they either serve as like um, plot devices or they turn into villains. I feel like Daya is very much a plot device in this story. Like Daya doesn't have a whole lot of personality outside of being Addie's best friend. And she just kind of exists to tell Addie that she's making terrible decisions and help move the story forward. And I am in the camp that I think that she is going to end up being a villain. That's that's my prediction for the next book. I hope not. Or Addie's going to need so much therapy because that's so messed up. She already needs therapy. She's literally what I was going to say. (laughs) Extra therapy. Like she needs to go like every day. Like, she is, like, a this fucked amount. up person. There's already a lot going on there. Just add it onto the pile. Uh, so, Daya, in her moving the plot along <laughs> reasons, she texts Addie's ex-boyfriend, Grayson. Uh, and by text, I mean she sexts him and encourages <laughs> him to come over and fuck Addie. And Grayson sucks. Let's talk about Grayson. He is the fucking worst. Um, In Addie's words, too bad he can't fuck and is a complete and utter douchebag. 
She really sums it up nicely there. <laughs> so it's like, why? Why even do this then? Like, I'd rather just go without than deal with someone who's a douchebag that can't fuck. But that's just me. It ends up that he still comes over and, like, they're making out in the hallway, like we said, where there's all these pictures of her family members <laughs> that are, like, watching them. And Grayson says, let's take this to the bedroom. I need to be inside of you now. And Ada thinks internally, I cringe. Externally, I cringe. And I thought it was super funny and realistic because, like, have you ever just been with someone who just keeps saying, like, some terrible cringe-ass shit when they're, like, trying to fuck you or are about to fuck you that's making you question your life choices? <laughs> but, but, like, you're already so committed in that moment that you're like, well, I guess that this is fucking happening. Anyone? Sarah, anything <laughs> to add here? <laughs> <laughs> I would <What>? say... <laughs> In college, you have a lot of that, and you, I, I just, something I want to bring up, like, you always feel like you can't say no, but know that you can say no in the middle, and I feel like Addie in that moment should have just been like, eh, this is over, instead of going through with it. Uh Uh-huh, absolutely. Well, what happens is there's a noise downstairs, and, you know, while stuff is heating up, and Grayson's like, are you gonna go get the door? Instead of being like, oh, like, let me go get the door because it's the middle of the night and we're, like, about to fuck and you're, like, a woman who lives alone in the woods. But no. (laughs) Grayson said, you are the sacrifice here. Go open that door. See what happens. Yes. Like, awful. Um, But anyway, Addie opens the door and no one is there. But she can feel that someone is watching her. From the woods. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically, Grayson throws a fit because after that, like, Addie's obviously not in the mood to fuck. So what does he do? He calls her a bitch that just gives him blue balls. And it's just like, ugh, the accuracy of this for, like, any woman that's ever told a man no, like, after something happens, like, after things are heating up, and then you decide, like, to change your mind, and he punches a hole in the fucking wall. Uh, typical Chad behavior. Yes! Small dick energy. But it's, like, I really identified with that part, because, you know, like Sarah said, like, we all have those instances where, like, you've, like, told a guy no, and they have, like, that aggressive reaction. And it's, like, if they will, like, punch a wall, they will not hesitate to hit you. Yes, that's a huge red flag. Yeah, but, uh, he's the worst. But he does leave. So right after that scene, after we kind of get set up with this, like, really spooky energy of who knocked on the door, who knows, Uh, We have this mysterious diary entry page dated April 4th, 1944. Um, And it's all about a man watching from outside the window. It's in first person perspective. And we later learn that this diary entry belongs to Addie's great grandmother. Um, And Addie starts to read through these diary entries in the actual plot of the book. And that becomes a secondary plot where she's kind of figuring out what exactly happened to her great-grandmother. But it really does add to, like, the spooky stalker vibes throughout the whole story. Yeah, and this story just has so many, uh, like, layers and storylines that it, it can kind of be too much at times. But, I mean, I definitely appreciated, you know, getting the background for 
for what happened with Addie's, what is it, her great-grandmother? Yeah. Yes, her great-grandmother. And I love that we get a two-person POV. So we get Adeline, and then we also get her stalker love connections aid. Mm. I I love a multi-POV. Reading one POV books just is not the same. It really isn't. At least not in the, you know, the type of the type of books that we discuss on this podcast. I know, and there's just something about reading the male POV that just makes books like 10 times hotter, too, like with how obsessed they can be with her. Oh, absolutely. Cuz it's like we as women like almost always wish that we knew what was going on inside like the person that we're interested in's head like we want that point of view especially at as we get more and more emotionally invested so it's nice that in this fictional world we're able to get that point of view that we desperately want um yes so we're introduced to zade and literally in his first chapter he tortures someone and then is like i really want to go eat a burger and I just loved how, like, crazy he is already. <laughs> like, just unhinged. He really embraces his crazy, too. Like, he's not trying to hide who he is from anyone. Very true. Uh, so tell us about Zade, Ash. What do we need to know about Zade? Because Ashley fell in love with Zade so fast. And I believe <laughs> at one point she texted the group chat and said that Zade was her dream man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like you already said, he does have this, like, gnarly scar on his face. And, like, it seems like he's, like, a like a tall, like, a trap, like, I mean, other than, you know, the, his, like, brooding nature and the scarring that makes people kind of, like, standoffish in regards to him. Um, but for me, it's not really about, like, what I picture him looking like. It's more about, like, his overall craziness and obsessive behaviors um, so he sees Addie at a book signing and he is like immediately obsessed with her. So he goes in because he sees her on like, you know, there's like a poster and it's a photo of her and he's like, oh, like she's like, you know, so beautiful. And then he like goes in and like sees her in person. And, um, he says, I've seen a lot of beautiful women in my life. Fucked a lot too. <laughs> like, I just All right. love him. Um, <laughs> And then he finally hears her speak, like, at the event. Fuck, her voice is pure smoke, the kind you really only hear in a porn video. Like, I don't know what kind of porn he's watching. Because most porn women do not have smoky voices. They're, like, high-pitched and grating. Yeah, I don't, I, like, I haven't watched enough porn to comment on that. So I guess it would be more like a phone sex operator. Like, that to me would would be be more accurate. What are your thoughts, Sarah? Zade is hot. Zade is crazy. (laughs) And Zade is obsessive. And he wants to, like, put a baby in her when she hasn't even fully accepted that she likes him. (laughs) Yeah, he, like, is like, we're just going to be together forever. And that's how it is. Mm. Um, But he sees her and, like, I don't know, the last line of his first chapter is, I've just found myself a little mouse and I won't stop until I've trapped her. So it's like right off the bat, that first chapter, he's like, okay, like this is this is my thing now, and I'm just gonna be obsessed with her and get her to be mine. Yeah, and in his first POV, we learn all about what Zade does. 
Um, and I think that's, we'll get into that more later in the episode, but basically he's kind of like a vigilante who tracks down child traffickers, uh, but he also is kind of big in corporations and like espionage to help pay for this side gig, um, and with his company's tools, he is able to become the best stalker ever, like he is able to get into her house no matter what. Like, she gets, like, a security system. She gets a new lock. He don't miss. And he's, like, so quiet, too. Like, in, like, sneaking around her house and, like, the whiskey and... He's just so crazy. So, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Hold on. (laughs) So, the reason why Addie has to get a new security system and change her locks and all this stuff is because after Zaid sees her at the book signing, he decides that she is the woman for him, and he starts leaving her roses in different places in her house. And he breaks in, leaves the rose, and leaves. Or, in some cases, breaks in, leaves a rose, drinks some of her grandfather's whiskey, leaves the empty glass next to the rose, and then leaves. And And this is fucking with her head so much. Yes, because she's not sure if it's, like, an actual person or is it a ghost. Yes, so Addie is, like, already off kilter about this whole thing. And then he slowly starts to, like, reveal himself to her. He'll, he starts, like, she sits in the chair that faces the woods. And he starts to, like, walk out of the woods towards her. And is just, like, staring at her through the window and they slowly start to have more and more interactions. And then he starts texting her from an unknown number. Yep. And she just answers. She... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like if, like, a, like, spooky man was watching me from the woods, I would probably answer. Like, Actually. I don't know. <laughs> Ashley. No, we call on the police. We Ashley. are not he does answering. call the police, though, and nothing happens. Yeah, because he goes in and wipes out all of, the, like, the records of her calling the police and is just constantly going behind her and, like, erasing any instances of his existence. I just love his level of obsession, okay, you guys? <laughs> So, Ashley wants to be stalked. If Ashley, you are interested in this position, please email us. Ashley, this does not translate the same in real life. I mean, at least he's hot. <laughs> so, as long as you're hot, you can stalk me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So... Adeline's character, I really go back and forth with her because there are times when I'm like, yes, you're being reasonable in your reactions to everything that's happening. Uh, But then there are other times where I'm like, you're the dumb bitch that gets murdered in horror movies right away. But then also she says that about herself. And I'm like, if you have that level of self-awareness, why aren't you changing your actions? (laughs) Yeah, I saved this one line. I could be one of those dumb bitches you see in slasher fix who go investigate that you want to yell and scream at for being stupid. And yes, Adeline, that is how we felt. Yes, that's 100% how I felt. Yeah, she's not my, like, favorite female main character. I mean, she's okay, but... 
Like, I said the entire time that I felt like her and Daya were just getting drunk the entire book. Like, no wonder all this weird shit is happening. Because you're, like, so fucking drunk all the time that you're kind of, like, not sure, like, what is, like, really happening versus what is your stalker versus what is a ghost in your haunted house versus what you read in your fucking grandma's diary. Uh, so Speaking of which, I'm never following a ghost nowhere. No. Nope. Hell no. Nope. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be moving. Nope. We're not living there. So while Addie is, like, dealing with Zade stalking her and being crazy, she's also dealing with, like, looking into what happened to her great-grandmother, and she finds out that her great-grandmother was murdered, and then she's, like, investigating her great-grandmother's murder, and then at the same time we're uh, learning all about, like, this ghost in her house that she's following around into the attic, and it's just, there's so much happening. The plot in this book is way too complicated. We need to simplify a little bit. And it only gets more complicated. (laughs) Exactly. Because then we add in everything going on with Zaid and child trafficking and him being like this vigilante superhero. And it's like, this is a lot. There's a lot happening here. Well, it gets really bad, too, when I feel like she gets involved with the guy from the fucking club, and then it turns out that he's from, like, a fucking mobster crime family, and then, like, Zayn fucking goes off because the guy's, like, super dangerous, and he was, like, touching all over Addie, and... Yeah, it's... There's so many layers. So, obviously, we're not going to get into everything now, but know that, like, if any of this sounds interesting to you, I think it is worth a read, but... I think this could have used a lot of editing in that we could have pared this down quite a bit and simplified the plot. I agree. So let's talk about Addie and Zade's relationship. Uh, what are your thoughts, Ash? Oh my god. It's like, it's so unhealthy, obviously, but it's so good. I mean, the chemistry that the two of them have, just because like, she likes to be chased and stalked and like the weird shit that he's like about excites her and oh it's just so good (laughs) and then sarah what are your thoughts so the reason it's called the cat and mouse duet is just that he is the cat she is the mouse he's chasing her around and he even calls her little mouse in the book which i did think was super cute it was really cute and Adeline, she likes to be afraid. It turns her on. And that, I mean, the first time anything physical happens, a a knife is involved. And Addie just goes with it. Um, She's like, all right, I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of turned on. And Zade keeps coming in and just giving her the best orgasms of her life. And (laughs) she can't look past the orgasms. She goes back and forth so many times, and it's like, at a certain point, I'm like, girl, I realize that you realize that it's crazy to get into a relationship with your stalker, but at the same time, you fucked this guy several times. I'm gonna need you to just accept the fact that you're interested in him and move forward from there instead of it being like one step forward, two steps back Oh, all the time. And I guess, too, like, I... I guess I have an issue with, like, the fact that Zayn is just, like, this, such, like, an amazing fuck when he, like, has, like, this gnarly scar and, like, I don't know, like, how many women do you think he was, like, actually, like, with 
You know what I mean? Did anybody else know. find that? He's like, rich too. Yeah. Rich, dangerous, bad boy attracts a lot of women regardless of scars. That's true. I mean, I would probably be like, oh, his scar is fucking cool. But I don't know. <laughs> it's just like, I, I just feel like any book where it's like, oh, like this guy, like it's just like every time it's just like amazing orgasms. <laughs> like I'm always like, I'm just always skeptical. I mean, you should be skeptical, but it's fictional, so they can get away with it. <laughs> is it better than the soul sucker? No. Probably not. <laughs> All right. What everyone wants to hear about, what was the spice like in this book? Sarah, in your professional opinion, how would you rate the spice in this novel? We shall give it four chili peppers. <laughs> four chili peppers. You know, it, there's a lot of different kinks that play into this book. You know, that's why it's four. I don't think that they do anything like anything that was like so insane that I was like, yo, this is five. And it's just one man, one girl. That pretty much never gets a five chili pepper for me. But <laughs> they talk. He does Dubcon, Primal Play, Knives, Bondage. Uh, I think some edging was in there, too, was it not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's out there just, you know, acing all the tests. He is. And the car scene with the seatbelts, I just... Whew. And, like, I've said it once and I'll say it again about this book, that I'm shocked that there wasn't more ass-eating, like, with how often he ate her out from behind. <laughs> so, H.G. Carlton... I'm going to expect more from you on that front for the second book. Go fast, eat ass. That's Ash's motto. (laughs) I mean, I'm not like, I'm not personally into that, but I just think that like, if you're doing it from that position, I would have assumed that there was that sort of involvement from Zayd because he also makes like comments about like fucking her ass, like, and like how it's like going to happen. Like, anyway, (laughs) this is going to be a short ass episode. (laughs) <laughs> I my favorite scene was uh when he was chasing her down in the rain in the forest and well that led to that led know, to the the that car led scene to it. I think it's like you really scene, couldn't wait to make it to the house though like that ha- that car was right next to your front door <laughs> uh my favorite scene was the house of mirrors at the carnival oh yeah that was good too that was crazy. And, and yeah, that whole plot, too, with, like, the girl from the carnival, and it was, like, it was just a lot. Yeah, so there is a whole novella about that called Satan's Affair, which none of us have read yet. I will probably read it. I, it's pretty short. Um, so we'll have to see how that ties in, really, with this book. Yeah, it was, there was just so much going on in this plot. Uh, so speaking of that, let's talk about the ghosts a little bit, because I just felt... Like, considering the book is called Haunting Adeline, which admittedly could also refer to the stalking that Zayd is doing, I wanted more from the ghost aspect than we got. Because we get, like, one full-body apparition. We never find out exactly who the apparition is, if it's her grandmother, if it's her great-grandmother, if it's a goddamn construction worker helping her solve her great-grandmother's murder. (laughs) We don't know. But I wanted more from that. And obviously there's still a second book in the duet to come. Maybe we'll get some more closure there. 
but I just wanted more from like the ghost's motivation. Like, why is this ghost in the house in the first place? What is it hoping to accomplish? Yeah, and I think Zaid also brings up in his own POV that the house is for sure haunted. Like, he's sitting there one day, like, drinking whiskey by himself, and he's like, fuck off, ghosts. So (laughs) you've got two people telling you that it's haunted. Granted, both of these people are fucking nuts. So, like, maybe they're just seeing shit and it's not actually haunted. But you have two accounts of people saying something's going on in this house. Yeah, I really wanted more in the ghost aspect other than, like, the one apparition. And then I think that there's, well, that's the thing, like, that wasn't even, yeah, it was just that one time. So, and I could always I would not be following that ghost. I'll say it again. We are not Zach, whatever the heck his name is. Zach Baggins. Zach Baggins. We are not Zach Baggins. We are not chasing ghosts. Nope. I mean, I would. I'm curious. Like, if it was, like, going up in the attic and it was your, like, you know, if you think it could have potentially been your grandmother, like. I think Ashley is the most likely out of the three of us to be murdered. Uh-huh. 100%. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's no fucking way I'm chasing a ghost up into my attic. Oh, my God, Listen. you guys. It's a ghost. Like, it's not even able to murder you. You don't know that. You don't know that. Listen, I have watched enough ghost shows. I live in an old-ass house to begin with. I am not trying to fall into any sort of trap that an evil spirit is laying for me. Who knows? That could even be a demon. You don't know what's going on here. We don't don't buy into that paranormal stuff. We don't buy Ouija boards. We (laughs) certainly do not invite paranormal activity into our lives. I think that I've just had a lot of experiences happen to me in my life. So I'm just very, like, open and accepting to the ghosts. Yeah, so Ashley's hanging out with ghosts, and she's <laughs> texting her stalkers back. <laughs> Stalk Sarah me. and I I'll will t- not be doing Stalk that. me. I'll text back. Hey, just Ash. be warned, though. I bring that Aries energy, so. I have an important question for you. If we were in the apocalypse, what would you do? Like zombie apocalypse. Oh, I'm, I already told you guys that I would fight them, and you guys were like, nah, man, killing myself. <laughs> Straight up killing myself. No, thank you. See, I feel like it's, like, a, the same connection. <laughs> like, Paula, <laughs> you know, going after ghosts and stuff. Just want to go right into it. Sarah I and I are Ouija on boards, though. the don't earth sign that. side. Ashley's over on the fire sign, stirring shit up constantly. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Sam, I, I don't think I'm comfortable eating here no more. <laughs> uh, I I do not want to be in this establishment. No, thank you. All right. On to my least favorite part of this book. <laughs> fucking child trafficking plot. Listen, there was enough going on in this book. You did not need to make Zaid into QAnon Batman. It wasn't necessary. I didn't like it. I got to a certain point in this book where they were talking about, like, fucking congressmen and the goddamn president being a part of the shadow government secret child trafficking club where they're 
literally sacrificing children and drinking their blood out of big chalices. And I texted the group chat and I was like, this is some fucking QAnon propaganda bullshit. And the what Tom the Hanks fuck is happening? Fucking parallel. Like, ugh. I just. I don't know. Like, is it because we are too, like, liberal to like believe in that kind of like thing or like listen hd carlton i need confirmation that you are not a QAnon believer before i can read book two because i in good conscience cannot support someone who actually does believe in QAnon. so i need some like actual confirmation please and thank you pizzagate baby yeah, like, I think he could have just even been toned down a little bit and still worked, you know, like, he's a vigilante who fights bad guys, who focuses in, you know, child trafficking, and then it didn't need to go any further than that, and it still would have worked with how she feels about what he does, and, you know, he, he'd still be in danger because he's still going after bad guys. I I think this could have just been scrapped entirely. Like, I just agree. make him, like, fucking anonymous. Just make him, like, a hacker vigilante that way like why are we bringing innocent children into this <laughs> children don't need to be a part of this book at all well, i feel like that adds like a whole another layer of like triggers to the book too that i mean i feel like if that wasn't in it you could really broaden your readership i guess that's the word i'm looking for <laughs> fan base i'm not sure but it just, it was really unnecessary, and I, I don't think, like, you could have just said he was a hacker and went a little differently with the plot, but just, like, creepy old guys, like, touching children, like, ugh. Yeah, it really adds a darkness that I think in some cases was just unnecessarily triggering. Um, another aspect of the plot that we didn't really touch on as much is the fact that Addie is investigating her great-grandmother's murder and she's using her great-grandmother's diaries that she found in the wall uh, after Grayson punched it yeah after Grayson punched the wall she finds her great-grandmother's diaries well she finds the safe and then has to open the safe and then get out the diary which I was just like why couldn't the diary just be in the wall yeah those those added layers um but at a certain point, both Daya and Zade are, like, helping her uh, find information using their, like, hacker abilities. And she's talking to one of the guys that's wrapped up in this, like, child pedo ring. And his dad was, like, the sheriff at the time or one of the police officers who was investigating and it was, there was so much going on with that, too. And she does realize by the end who killed her great-grandmother. So we do get that kind of, like, resolved. But at that point, I'm like, okay, does that mean the ghost was her great-grandmother and the ghost is fine? Does that mean the ghost was her grandmother and her grandmother can, like, go and into the spirit world or whatever? Or was, or is the ghost still around because there's more that needs to be done? Like, I wanted some like correlation between the ghost plot and the great grandmother murder plot yeah like is it just gonna be wrapped up now like you know do you think that now that it's solved and like the news reported on it like that they're just gonna like cross over and the house is just gonna be fine now so that's pretty much the end of the whole haunting aspect other than like because we know that zade is the stalker like well Addie's not home anymore, remember? So I can't imagine that at least where we start off, she'll be back at the house. 
Yeah. I don't, I don't know if we're going to get, like, actual finality there. But that was the other thing was with her whole great-grandmother's diary was there was supposed to be, like, all these parallels between her great-grandmother being stalked and her great-grandmother falling in love with her stalker and then her great-grandmother being murdered. And she's, like, convinced for at least half the story that it was obviously her great-grandmother's stalker who murdered her. And Zaid is, like, reading her great-grandmother's diaries while she's sleeping and is like, girl, you got to read those diaries again because I don't think that's what happened. And I just think, like, I like that she was drawing that parallel, but I don't really know if it, like, hit as hard as I wanted it to hit and, like, oh, wow, she's living the same life that her great-grandmother was. Yeah, I don't... I really feel like for me, other than Zaid, like, this book is just kind of like, meh. I mean, it was good, but, like, the sex scenes are good. <laughs> I like that it was different, you know? I haven't read anything else that w- has been like this, and she wrote Zaid so well with his obsession and how he spoke to her the things he did to her it it draws you in and i like a good mystery like i know we were all texting about who killed the grandma like that was the thing that we were all kind of the most excited about um Mm -hmm. besides when zade was naked (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think if she my in my very unprofessional editing advice i would say she could have pared this down to ghost and grandma murder and really simplified everything else out of the story and just focused on ghost grandma murder and the relationship between Addie and Zade and I would have been perfectly happy with that storyline but I mean you don't you know we'll see what happens in book two even though I feel like usually in the second book the plot does not get simpler (laughs) not typically no (laughs) I'm just putting it out there like I'm definitely reading book two like I'm excited for book two and I plan on finishing the series oh yeah I mean we're committed now that's I mean Sam and I are gonna finish Lords of Pain and this is like this is not at all painful whereas that is like painful all right overall thoughts on the story Sarah start us off my overall thoughts is I thought it was really unique. It's a good, smutty read um, with spooky themes. I think it's great for Halloween. I agree. I think a couple of things could have been simplified, but Zaid is amazing, and I really enjoyed reading it and figuring out the mystery. I will definitely be reading the next one. Ash? I agree. I felt the same way. I loved Zaid. Addie was just kind of like... Meh, but I feel like, I don't know, some female main characters are just that way for me. Like, I'm either, like, really into them or I'm just kind of like, meh, and I'll just insert myself, that whole uh, Bella scenario. But, yeah, I really liked it. I mean, I'm going to read the second book. I felt like the smut was really solid. I liked a lot of Addie's inner monologue with her, like, self-deprecating kind of thoughts and how she kind of warred with herself. Um, I really enjoyed Zade's POV for the most part. It kind of just fell off for me with the crazy QAnon stuff. But I think with some additional editing, this could have been like top tier. Top tier smut. Top tier smut. I just really like the ghost aspect. Give me more ghosty books. So recommendations for ghosty smut books. Yes, please. 
Sarah had an idea for a ghosty smut book the other day. <laughs> I know that there are some with, like, Incubus that I, I might read. There's That was one of, like, the um, recommendations that I think I saw um, on TikTok when I was looking at, like, monster romances. So maybe I'll read that next. Do it. I'm going to talk about monster romances and what I'm reading. All right. So let's get to what we were reading this week. I had a very, very light reading week. I only read my beta copy of Vera and the Vegas Five, courtesy of Sarah and Ashley. Um, I've been reading and providing feedback for Sarah and Ashley as they prepare to publish their first book, which we're all very excited about. But that was really all the reading I did this week. Ash, what would you do? So I read Thy Kingdom Come by Monica James, and I had picked that up when it was on sale on Amazon for like 99 cents, because the series is not on Kindle Unlimited, and I was drawn to the book because of the cover. It's like a guy, like a sexy guy with his face painted like a skeleton. Um, and I thought it was good, other than like the Irish, like, um... I don't want to say accent, but the way of speaking, because it's, like, very authentic, was a little much for me. Um, and then something super weird happened, but it didn't actually happen, so I don't, I'm trying to be vague here. So I don't know if I'm going to read the rest of the books, because they aren't on Kindle Unlimited, and I'm not a wealthy person. And then I also started reading the Steel Demons Motorcycle Club series by Crystal Ash. And I know that, like, this is, like, a very popular reverse harem. And I like it. I'm on book four. But I'm currently taking a break from that. And I just started Run and Hide by Beatrix Hollow. It was released, like, I don't know, yesterday or the day before. Um, and I just started it this evening. And I'm already at, like, 31%. And, oh, I'm obsessed with it. If you can't get enough of monster romance you have to read this because caspian is just everything like i love him i know that i said that i don't like rock stars but he is just mm. changing ashley's minds on rock stars all right sarah what you what were you reading this week we reading age gaps y'all taboo out here um i read don't kiss the bride by carrie and cole that was a big age gap um, and a marriage of convenience, but it was a very interesting read. Her mom is a hoarder. She has a rare eating disorder. Uh, he is older, sees her in these bad living conditions, and marries her so she can get health insurance, and she's finally taken care by take care of by someone. Um, so I really, it was really sweet. Um, the Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood is so cute the smut is very low but the tension is excellent and the main character's name is adam and of course he's based off of adam driver uh she <laughs> describes him that way exactly very cute i loved it um and i am now reading love Une uh love unexpected by qb tyler and it is very very taboo um but the spice has been like pretty top tier. And I think Ash and I are planning on reading The Skeleton King soon, which yes. we have been told is extraordinarily dark. Um, a lot of people say it's the darkest thing that they've ever read. So we'll have to see. I always am looking to just like challenge myself and push myself like further. Like what is the limit? 
the limit does not exist in the words of Caddy Heron. Mean Girls references. All right, Ash and Sarah, tell our wonderful audience, when can they expect your book to be out? <laughs> so our book, Vera and the Vegas Five, is projected to be released on October 22nd, and you can pre-order it on Amazon. We We're are very, very excited. excited. It is a cute Omegaverse. Um, of course, there are a couple of dark themes in there, but for the most part, um, you have some very kind alphas, and I think it's a cute little love story. It's not as dark as a lot of the other Omega stuff that's Omegaverse stuff that's been coming out, so sometimes you need a little bit of sweetness in your life. And we do have an awesome playlist. We also have some great graphics as far as, you know, what our characters and our harem look like so we've been posting that on social media if you're a part of any of like the reverse harem or omegaverse groups you might have seen it um but yeah we're really excited for everyone to read it it's gonna be so great i'm so excited for you guys thank you for listening to this week's episode of smut and spice please subscribe and leave us a review on apple podcasts Next week, we'll be discussing Find Me by Ashley Rostek. So excited to talk about that book. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Smut and Spice Pod. We'd love it if you would share our podcast with friends and on social media. If you have any book recommendations, send them our way. And if you're an author who's interested in appearing on an episode, reach out. We would love to have you. A special thanks to our technical producer, Andrew, and to our graphic designer, Lainey, for our amazing logo. The intro and outro music featured on Smut and Spice is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. The link and licensing information can be found in the episode description. Thank you so much for listening. Bye!